Welcome to Ghost Stories with Franz and Pete. I'm your co-host, Franz. And I'm Pete. Let's talk about the internet. Welcome to Ghost Stories with Franz and Pete. I am your co-host, Pete, and we are just running along here in 2020. And uh, with me, as always, is Franz, holding the fort down up in New York. Franz, what's going on? Oh, not too much. Just uh, gearing up for a, a quick little vacation up into uh, Vermont. But uh, other than that, yeah, can you believe summer is going to be over in like a month? Not even. It's, it's gone right by. Blows my mind. It's yeah. ridiculous. But um, yeah. Yeah, you know, stranger things have been happening. Uh, I like to say, who is playing Jumanji, and let's get them to stop. Yeah, exactly. Just like that that <laughs> those, that alien appearance that we had confirmed, and then uh, nobody ever talked about, and then uh, I don't know what you're just talking kinda... about. <laughs> no, you, you didn't no, see no, that. I'm teasing. No, oh, I'm teasing. I'm just I was afraid. Like, I was I'm like, oh wow, don't come pick me up in a black <laughs> black sedan and haul me away. I don't, I'm not I'm not ready for that kind of reality at this point. <laughs> but um yeah so we've got quite a bit of people listening to this we just really wanted to give a shout out to say thank you so much uh i mean we're creeping up on a thousand listens we got you know we're in triple digit subscribers y'all are amazing thank you so much for checking it out we've been getting some great feedback um we're now on google podcast so that brings up our platform count to seven i think so i these are these are statistics that podcast people look for apparently um but we're we're super excited and just really um this is something fun for us to do um and so that way we don't have to stare at our laptops and and produce other stuff so (laughs) we're having a great time so thank you so much for for all the support and we're gonna we're gonna keep going here we've been we've been planning our our attack for the next couple of episodes and we've got some stuff going and when we hit uh double digits here in in over a month or so i think we got a little something planned for, to to give back um another little bit of housekeeping that url to help sponsor the the podcast is my.ghost slash podcast donate um you can go and give a minimum of a of a dollar or whatever anything is super appreciated but it's really set up because again people ask how they can support ghostry and and what we're doing and just we just never had the opportunity or the or the ability to support that and so we do now so if if you want to head on over there and uh and if you do do that send us an email at pete at ghostry or franz at ghostry we would love to send you some ghostry swag for your effort um It'll be a good time. You'll see. Yeah. And yeah, like Pete said, thanks for tuning on in. Um, it's been a great learning experience for the two of us. Uh, and, you know, for me, it's definitely put me outside of my, my comfort zone, but truly appreciate uh, everyone who's been listening. And, you know, uh, you guys are also helping us learn, which kind of brings us to today's topic, which is, uh, you know, everybody wanting a cut of the pie or PII, <laughs> which is, uh, you know, um, we often talk about your data or, you know, your own personal data. So that is what PII is. PII stands for personally identifiable information. And this is what we talk about uh, when, you know, you may want to be using a VPN or products like Ghostery to help kind of secure or mask this information a little bit more uh, while you're browsing the web. So, um 
you know, there's a lot of government agencies uh, around the world who have been trying to tackle this in a different capacity. Um, and there's a lot of different laws uh, and governing bodies, uh, you know, going about this in a different way. And so we're going to touch on a few of those today, uh, mostly how Europe goes about, about it versus uh, how we do here in the, the United States. Um, and we'll, we'll be touching on some um, legislation that you've probably heard of uh, if you're familiar with the space, uh, and that's going to be the GDPR, uh, CCPA, New York Shield Act, and COPPA. Uh, and we'll go into each one of those a little bit at a high level just to explain kind of like what they are, what their similarities are, and kind of like why they're important. It's going to be acronym heavy. Just this is a this is a spoiler alert. There will be a lot of acronyms um, and a lot of a lot of helpful links and other places where you can go get the nitty gritty. If you're interested in any of this, we're just, we're going to scratch the surface on a lot of this and really just introduce you to what, what these things really are about and, and what they do. But if you want to go down the rabbit hole in the, in the show links, uh, we'll, we'll provide the URLs for you to go and, um, and get more information. And, uh, we, we definitely, suggest you go for that if you're if you're at all interested there's some it's it's eye-opening so check it out and with that so let's start with gdpr what do you think yeah yeah That's that sounds good so gdpr stands for the general data protection regulation it comes out of the eu um and my first encounter with this was actually the first time i was hired at uh ghostry but then was called uh Avedon. um and you know uh GDPR basically is a set of regulations that does two things. Um, but that being said, I think it's something like 11 chapters and 99 articles long. So it's a lot more than just that. But at the most basic form, um, you know, it will give uh, internet users brand new rights that they did not have before. And it also sets up penalties for companies uh, and organizations that do not adhere to the GDPR regulation. Um, so, you know, there's quite a lot that falls underneath this nest, but we'll be focusing on a small subset today that, you know, uh, that you guys can focus on. That's probably more important to a day-to-day -day user uh, than, you know, uh, these major uh, regular, uh, major financial institutions or just, you know, organizations of any capacity. Uh, and before we really kick it off too, I want to just let everyone know that, you know, this is just our uh, take and us talking about it. Uh, this is not anything like a Ghost Street's official standpoint on any of these topics. This is just us uh, informing you uh, about these topics and, and, you know, things that are kind of top of mind for us. Good call. Uh, so good call. Yeah. <laughs> with that, <laughs> so the GDPR was actually passed uh, on April 14th, 2016. And that gave companies about two years to comply or get ready to comply with these new regulations that would be enforced on May 25th of 2018. Uh, I remember um, at that time when I was working, I was doing a lot of work with cookie notices and banners. Uh, so uh, if you remember around that time, I'm sure everybody got hit with all those spam emails that said, we have an update to our cookie policy. We have an update to, you know, uh, and you just got flooded um, in your inbox. And I still remember all my friends complaining about it. Um, but that was one of the uh, mandates from the GDPR was uh, updating uh, all of their users as to uh, their cookie policies and what they are uh, actually doing and capturing on those websites. Uh, so this was uh, to give you guys a bit more transparency as to uh, the websites and services that you're using, uh, as well as give you a lot more control uh, over that. Um, 
interaction between you and the company because with the GDPR, uh, as we mentioned earlier, that there are these new uh, rights. So there's like the uh, right to erasure, uh, which is pretty awesome because you know people always say that once it's on the internet, it's there forever, which can be true, but not really. Um, you can get it down, and uh, you know if you uh, do a data request. Uh, access request template for each company you can reclaim your data and actually have it erased which we uh, we which... get daily actually uh through ghostry support and we we have specific ways that we handle all that and and we do so it's um uh, there are people sending that in and we are complying uh with open arms complying yeah i think the uh the first thing is like just being aware that you even have these rights and then so you just need to inform yourself because the options to control your data are out there. They just might be a little bit cumbersome uh, right now, but that's why companies like us and other data, uh, data-centric companies are um, just, you know, exist in the world today. We're trying to make this easier. We're trying to empower uh, the end user and, you know, make your, make your data yours. The, uh, the nice so, thing about this part that, that came up is that it, it brought to light that not only is there data collection, but what is this data collection? So the GDPR was was a buzzword in, or a buzz acronym, I guess, uh, for, for quite a while before it actually came to be active. And it started this, this, uh, this movement of all of a sudden education became big into what what we always wanted it to be like we always thought ghost first and foremost was always a, a good educational tool but this actually brought it to the fact that oh it's not only educational tool but this stuff is really happening it's not just happening on my browser but it's it's a it's a worldwide thing and so it it, it brought a lot of good in bringing this stuff to light so people all of a sudden now we're starting to understand oh this is happening oh this is happening this is the type of data that's being collected and not just knowing the term PII, but actually knowing that, oh, that could be my location down to my zip code or latitude and longitude from for many places. Like if you're going and looking at a house um, through some like real estate app, app, which I actually did for part of a presentation I was doing, I was able to pinpoint my location by latitude and longitude in in using one of the, opening up one of the tracker um, scripts that were in there. It was it was eye opening. So it was uh, it was pretty crazy. Yeah, it's pretty nuts that how accurate they can get now from those services. Mm -hmm. like, I think I've had one where it's like accurate within like three feet, and I'm like, okay, yeah. that's a little yeah. I'm gonna start moving around more. <laughs> a little concerning. <laughs> uh, um, that actually kind of leads us into a, a good segue here um, because GDPR, even though it is an EU mandate, um, we've kind of mimicked it in a lot of ways here in uh, the United States. Um, and, you know, we, there are, uh, you know, the additional rights uh, that we can cover uh, later as we kind of go on. But um, even though this is the GDPR came out of the EU, it kind of had global effects. And, you know, in the United States here, uh, our privacy is kind of a little bit like the Wild West, whereas we're, we're kind of still doing it by a state by state uh, level rather than a national level um, and hopefully there's going to be some legislation coming down the line that will actually change the data protection and regulation to a national uh, legislation rather than state by state but um, even so we do have uh, similarities between it so in New York uh, where I'm where I'm at we do have the New York Shield Act uh, which was passed on July 25th uh, of last year um, and what that stands for is the Stops Hacks and Improve Electronic Data Security Act. 
Um, and while this isn't maybe uh, so much a, a, a in the same lines as a, like a cookie notice or giving um, rights, it, what it does do is expands and broadens definitions uh, as to how companies should notify you in any event of a, a security breach or data hack or anything like that. Um, so, uh, and it also uh, broadens the types of data that are uh, considered personable data. So that could be something like your biometric data, which to someone like me is very important. Um, biometric data, for those of you who don't know, uh, any data that belong that belongs to you that is, uh, you know, you trace back to uh, your biology. So that could be any facial recognition, iris scanning, thumbprint, fingerprint scanning. Uh, voice recognition and it's and not just data much, that's collected it's like so i think there will be a common thing that they're saying like between health apps like you know using fitbit or apple watch and stuff like that any sort of biometric data that's collected through there filtered through the apps that data could also be considered that as well right right and actually i think somebody for our hack day is exploring a way to uh, a way to uh use a fitbit sort of or like app uh without giving up all oh, that that's right, that's information. Right. Yep. Um, so it's like a privacy-centric uh, viewpoint from it. But um, yeah, I wonder if he'll be able to uh, figure out a way to do it. That'd be pretty cool. Um, but yeah, uh, and with the New York Shield Act, you know, it's a it's a newer um, policy that came through, but one that's been uh, out a bit more uh, and that, uh, you know, kind of closely mimics the GDPR is the CCPA. Um, and... You know, uh, it does give you a couple no, uh, rights as well, kind of like the GDPR did. Like, this gives you the right to know, the right to delete, the right to opt out, and the right to non-discrimination, um, all which are very important. Um, but I would like to touch a little bit more on the right to opt out because we do use that term a lot. Um, and a lot of people uh, may not know what opt out versus what opt opting in is. Um, so you want to uh, kind of give them the rundown of uh, what opting out versus opting in is or yeah 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 so a lot of times when you're downloading apps and downloading anything these days um there are certain features to the app like a lot of it is notification or data transmission or um system health pings whatever you want to call them basic basic app usage um there are sections of that where you can either opt in or opt out so an opt-out scenario means that you by default are providing this information and so you actually need to go and actually update the settings so that you can opt out of this information and no longer participate in whichever action that is referring to opt-in means that you are by default opted out the, the converse there and you are opting in to provide this information to the application the company anything that's downstream from that um, and that's the part you need to make sure that you're aware of that if you're opting in you're opting into whatever is on the other side of that gate so making sure that when you go through and you read those privacy agreements or the or the usage um, the term of how long the data is is stored for that when you opt in you're opting in you can always for the most part go back and reverse that decision later um but i think we're all pretty guilty of downloading stuff and just kind of hitting next 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 so you can get to whatever part you're you're trying to get to um but if there's anything that's specific to your personal information uh 
what your your location exactly what we're talking about here any pii that you might be concerned with definitely you need to make sure in the usually stored in the um, privacy and security section of the app or it's in the notifications section some you know they're they're strewn about see what type of collection and transmission settings there are they have to tell you up front if you're opted in or opted out and you can make that decision there so opt out means that you are already there and that's your opportunity to jump off the boat opt in means you're already off the boat but you want to get in the boat so that's that's a way to think of it that way that's a good way of putting it yeah i I always (laughs) thought of it as almost like a uh subscribe versus unsubscribe like that's better than the drowning part that i did (laughs) yeah (laughs) It's uh, a little. I guess uh, I guess my glasses have empty these days. I, 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 I think all of ours are. I, they just need to start getting filled back up a bit. Yeah, we're we're halfway through. Well, actually, we're even we're further through. It still just feels like we've only been halfway through. It sounds like you know when this is going to be over. So that's, that's good. I'll, I'll go with your. I'll go with your. Uh, the subscription uh, model that's a that's a nicer way to think about it yeah hopefully if, if i did know i would i would let you guys all know right now yeah it would be would... the most popular <laughs> podcast ever it would, most uh, downloaded episode of when 2020 will become 2020 again <laughs> uh, i'm gonna say you know uh december 31st that's a good one that'll, that'll probably be my new year's resolution is to not do this one again yeah that would be ideal so um, with the New York Shield Act, as mm-hmm. you were just talking about, or the, well, let's say this. So mm-hmm. the CCPA is California, New York Shield Act, New York. Are there any glaring differences between the way that those two states set up this stuff? I mean, I mean, at the heart of it, it's making sure that their that their users have the opportunity to get out of certain things that they know what's being collected, that there's notifications there, but is there anything big between the, what the different States have set up? Uh, so for like New York shield, uh, you touch on like the, the, the uh, main point of it, which is the notification of users, uh, about these, uh, types of data. Um, but the important thing here is that it, like I, I had mentioned earlier is that it expands the data sets that belong to you. Uh, that traditionally did and that is even things like just even uh, your email address or say you have like a con edison bill uh even just that uh, account number uh without any payment information um that's uh information that is uh technically belongs to you and now you would have to be notified uh, of any of that information being uh taken during a data breach or a security uh you know uh, leak or anything like that whereas uh in the uh with the ccpa uh, a lot of it has to do with um, presenting uh, rights uh, either through cookie banners um, and uh, giving, uh, it's about, so I would say CCPA is more about empowering users, whereas the New York Shield Act is more about uh, notifying. That's what I was, yeah, I had kind of gotten that feel when I was, when we were researching a little bit, it's more of a... Yeah, I mean, they're both very important um, in their own right, uh, but that's why the GDPR is such a powerful piece of legislation, is because it not only did it affect the EU, it was like, you know, it had a global implication for any of these massive uh, organizations, and that's something that, um, you know, we uh, can hopefully do here in the United States, is, you know, have an overarching uh, privacy law or landscape that um, you know can be regulated and monitored, and you know uh, where we can eventually start levying fines against people who do not adhere to the uh, the rules of the game. 
Um, right. But right now we kind of have this little hodgepodge of makeshift little privacy laws that uh, while it's a nice place to start, um, you know, uh, I think we will have to follow the act uh, uh, like the uh, like GDPR and do a, you know, at least a national mandate. Uh, at least that's something I would like to see. Um, I know that's probably not everybody's uh, viewpoint or opinion on it, but, um, you know, if we do have, you know, all these independent uh, laws and everything for each state here in the United States, it's going to get messy and confusing really quick as to what different companies have to comply to or even what rights users have in which states and how that Seems like there should be an umbrella statement on what what should be happening and then whether or not then you start to drill down state by state as far as what's what's happening there. But it seems like there needs to be like a few rules to rule them all. And then we can kind of filter out as as different scenarios arise, because otherwise, like you said, having having a different um, act per state, it just muddies the waters and leaves a, a lot more room for error is in it may it may even not even be anybody's fault i mean like they're starting a company they started in ohio and now they're building a branch out in in utah and the utah branch is going to be governed by an entirely different set of rules whereas you know the home home office is in ohio and they may not you know it just to err is human so it's not like it's it is it is they have a lot of um positions now in companies where they almost like gdpr or Mm -hmm. um in your human resource office like people that this is their sole responsibility is to understand this this sort of privacy privacy advocate maybe Mm -hmm. i don't know um we we had a chief privacy officer in our previous previous um incarnation of ghost tree um and so there's gonna you're gonna start to see more and more privacy centric roles in companies just because of how out of hand it has gotten and how much more roped in it needs to get. Yeah. It's uh it really is, like I said earlier, the the wild west here. Um and until we do have something overarching like overarching, it is gonna probably be a, a little bit wild uh, until we rope it in. It's kinda like you know how like uh whenever you well for those of you who have graduated college or going into college uh, and are a little bit like of ner- nervous going into a, a new world. Um, you know, it's that whole fake it till you make it. That's kind of what we're doing here uh, with privacy. We're faking it. Like we, we have like the seeds planted, uh, but we're not quite there. You know, we still have to, to reap the harvest. So hopefully we can follow suit. Like uh, I believe it's Argentina and India have followed suit and done uh, national uh, governance laws for data um modeled after the gdpr uh so you know uh places around the world are following suit and i think it's just a matter of time before we do so too um yeah you know it just makes sense um, i mean just think about how many years of, of craziness we've had and then we, you got to clean it up right you <laughs> we've had a 30 40 year party and you're not going to clean that up with one garbage bag exactly it's, it's yeah. a lot of red solo year. cups lying around the internet right now the other yeah half <laughs> it's a really good way of putting it I just I, I can see it now like i can I know, see right? <laughs> all the different pieces the front yard of the internet is a mess oh it's a terrible oh my parents are going to be so unhappy <laughs> <laughs> um, just clean it up before they get <laughs> but you know uh speaking about privacy uh there, there's one thing you know that we kind of glanced over that we didn't really bring up, but that's how online privacy can like even affect children. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and we do have, you know, GDPR does touch on that as well. But uh, here in the United States, we do have something called COPPA um, or C-O-P-P-A. Is it COPPA or COPPA? COPPA or COPPA. Uh, I don't know because, like, whenever I say COPPA, I just want to start saying Cabana. Like, yep, exactly. So, yeah. and I go, yeah. but then, yeah. And then seeing C-O-P-P-A sounds so official. Exactly. Right? It's an important act. And, it, you know, as a as a parent myself, I'm happy that, that it's being even thought of because sometimes you know the thought of children online seems so um i don't want to say juvenile but you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it's 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 some people don't take it as seriously as it is and there's a lot of just crazy stuff out there so it became law on april 21st of 2000 and the primary goal of copa copa c-o-p-p-a whatever it is (laughs) um is to place parents in control over what information is collected from their young children online so the idea that kids are online there are websites designed for kids there's a lot of really good websites out there to help teach kids everything yeah i was thinking about the stuff that that my kids were doing online even like coding club in elementary schools and those are all website based learning um and it's all based off of the idea of 13 and under um controlling the data collection and disclosing the personal information that's collected and making sure that that is all housed and done properly uh, as well as including mobile apps and IoT devices and even the smart toys that are all over my house now that I step on. Right, yeah, and, like, so this is important for a lot of reasons. Once It's always important to protect our children. Um, but beyond that, like, you know, a, a child browsing, say, something like YouTube or, you know, something innocent, they're just saying they're going to watch a video or anything, but say they've been browsing the web and, um, you know, using a device and, um went through a few sites that they typically go to, but then they've been retargeted for something within an ad that maybe they aren't ready to see. Um, Not to say that, you know, all ads have nefarious or, you know, uh, otherwise harmful content, but maybe, you know, maybe a three-year-old doesn't need to see the latest and greatest fashion tips or something, uh, something like that. But, uh, you know, it's very important um, to have regulation so that, you know, children can browse the internet safely uh, because, you know, like it or not, our life is evolving uh, more and more to an online basis, and children are growing up with devices in their hands. And uh, you know, uh, we need to protect them from, you know, uh, people or even just agencies that might misuse their power. Um, and it's kind of discussing that, you know, it's something we have to think about. But you know, it's also nice that we have these regulations uh, in place. And I actually believe that these regulations for COPPA just expanded out a little bit uh, recently. Um, to ex- increase the age range uh, a little bit uh, beyond 13. I believe it's now 14, but I, I'll have to uh, double check on that. So I mean, I would think, me. in my personal opinion, they should push that to adult, like 18, 18 and under. I mean, like, you know, you're not considered an adult in this country until you're 18. So I think all of that's fair game, but that's not for me to decide <laughs> nor to push my agenda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think then, but it would, you know, start getting uh, a little bit messy when I was like, have a well it wouldn't get messy the kid would just click it uh, you know when you see those <laughs> notifications where yeah, it's like yeah, have yeah, your yeah. have your parent uh you know ask a parent before coming into the site it's like yes right, i did right but it's also you know you can you can work through that stuff with your your child you know you can set set boundaries set ground, ground mm-hmm. rules for use of it and we've said this in the past and I, i'm such a firm believer of this is that you know this generation is used to having these things as a 
as almost like a life need, whereas a lot of us have grown up with it being a new new technology. You know, it's like almost like growing up with all being introduced to a car, like in before you were riding horses. It's like <laughs> kids nowadays just know that there are these phones and these access points and the ability to get basically anything at the drop of a hat and information and they don't know what it was like to not have it. And so there's this expected um, need and we need to make sure that that is a, uh, it's kept in check because it's, there's, there's a, this immediate need for information or the right now mentality of it is a nice thing to have, but it's not a requirement. And so we need to make sure that we are handling it that way. So having parental control over the information that is provided in a right now scenario is, is a good thing. So the fact that that our kids are on websites like YouTube and um, uh, for a certain amount more time, I guess, TikTok and things like that, like mm-hmm. that's br- brought this stuff up more and more like the access to in, of information and in different sources of media and different types of media to uh, to a younger age group has become more and more of a problem so the the idea of being able to regulate some of that is i think is a good thing yeah i agree speaking of tiktok how have your kids reacted to the uh news from our government above yeah um yeah i don't know i um uh, my oldest daughter doesn't deal with tiktok um oh, that's, my younger one that's does nice. but uh <laughs> She just likes to watch all the dancing. So she, <laughs> gotcha. they, they're both kind of over it now. They, they don't really deal with it. And I've, I actually do monitor their, <laughs> their phones just to make mm-hmm. sure that they're not being nefarious. Um, but they not like harping over them or anything like that. I just kind of mm-hmm. do like a real little random. I'm like, up oh, spot check. <laughs> Give me your phone. <laughs> um, I like that. It's like a so, pop um, quiz, but for yeah, exactly. I'm just like, you know, it's almost like survivor drop your buffs. You know, <laughs> so I'm like, so I just kind of give a little spot checks, but now they're, they're good. They, I don't think they care one way or the other. So, but if I told them that they were taking their phones away, that, that would be, <laughs> that'd be a whole, that'd be a whole game. different thing. That's <laughs> when we start talking about devices and IOT and things like that. So mm-hmm. that'll be another podcast coming up soon. I'd like yeah. to t- discuss that whole slice of life. Yeah. The internet yeah. of things that's going to be, you know, it's a kind of cool already to see how many different things have. Uh, come online um yeah i, I kind of hate that term though yeah i wish too. they could have thought of something better but it was like already cemented by the time it was there like i don't know iot i pre- I, I like the acronym but the internet of things i just i don't i just i just don't like it, it, it yeah it is weird it's, it's not my favorite i mean but to be fair it fits a weird category like I, i'm pretty sure i saw i think it was a salt shaker now that is connected to, uh, <laughs> really? yeah, hold on. Let me see if I can. I don't, just you know what? Me. If you're, if we're going to start logging my salt intake, um, we're going to need a couple terabytes, yeah, worth of, you know, thumb drives and, and everything. But I'm not <laughs> surprised. It comes, yeah, it comes right up. Uh, I'm not going to uh, promote them on stream, uh, I mean, on the podcast, but yeah, uh, it does exist. Really? Uh, There's yeah. an IoT salt shaker. Yeah. The, uh, World's first uh, smart salt dispenser. Wow. If it was smart, they probably wouldn't dispense any. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I love salt. Yeah, me Salt's too. Salt's a good time. Um, okay. So 
Yeah, so that was a lot of acronyms we talked about right there. So actually, yeah. you know, now that we've talked about SALT, let's take a quick break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about some other stuff. So here we are. Enjoy these words. Hey, thanks for tuning into the podcast. If you're looking to learn more about Ghostery and what we do, you can visit us at ghostery.com. You can also download our newest ebook, Why Website Optimization is Important for Companies. We hope to see you soon. Thanks for listening. All right, we're back. So we've been talking a lot about acronyms. Now, lots of lots of different lots of different letters, but I think the what, the one acronym that we want to hammer home here as being the most important is PII. And uh, we thought it might be a good idea to just talk a little bit more about what that is, what that means to you. Um, we always talk at Ghostry about your digital footprint is a is a very, very valuable commodity. And this digital footprint is created and built off of the PII that companies are collecting from you as you browse, as you do business, as you do anything online or anything connected online, which is, again, the IoT aspect or mobile apps, anything like that. Everything creates this giant footprint that is you online. And so, Franz, why don't we chat a little bit more, the next level down of what is PII? Yeah. So, again, to reiterate, PII uh, is personally identifiable information. So uh, that kind of breaks down and makes it really easy to think about. So what are things that can uh, be used to identify you in any, uh, any way, shape, or form? Is that your social security number, only, which could be used for financial information? Um, or is it your email address uh, you know, that can just be used to contact you or sign up for new goods and services or contact your friends and family? Um, you know, there's a lot of different data tied to each one of these things. Um, and there, you know, uh, there's a, a wide subset of information that is uh, that falls underneath here. So again, this could be something like as uh, simple as your name, your address, uh, again, your social security number, um, a telephone number, uh, like we said earlier too, uh, biometric data. So anything that uh, relates to your face, iris scanning, thumbprint scanning, heartbeats, um, you know, any data that uh, can be tied to uh, your personal accounts. Uh, so if that is, um, you know, uh, your energy bill or your cell phone bill, um, you know, that, that account number there is your PII as well. Um, so it, you know, while it covers a wide spectrum, uh, just think about all of the information that you, you know, you put out there and, uh, you know, with this, um, if a leak was to happen and somebody was to get a hold of all of this information, uh, think about the profile that they ultimately could build, uh, on you, uh, you know, so just be wary about what you do put out into the world. But, you know, with these new uh, uh, pieces of the legislation that we've been talking about today, there are ways to kind of mitigate the damage and recover uh, any, any uh, or prevent any losses from happening. So, uh, you know, it is very um, good to be cognizant of it. But, you know, just, uh, you know, um, your name, your name is, you know, how you kind of represent yourself uh, in the digital world. And, you know, you want to make sure that it's as secure as possible, uh, as well as the other information that uh, kind of helps build out your online profile. And it's not all gloom and doom. Like we want to make sure, like it's <laughs> That's a good everybody's point. not trying to get you and be nefarious. I mean, I mean, if I had to throw a number out there, maybe like 90 percent of the data collected is to target you 
advertising and to get you to buy stuff. I mean, it, it, the internet is the quote unquote new medium. You're, you're sitting on your couch watching a TV show and then you start to see car ads. Well, you don't get that anymore when you're watching or when you're, when you're on websites or anything like that, you, you're seeing those advertisements that between your TV show ads are happening now nonstop as you browse. And so that's what's happening. And so in order to make that information relevant to you, they pull from your profile. And these profiles, again, are built by you browsing, by you buying stuff, by you sharing this information, a lot of time very willingly. And that's the other part that I wanted to bring up is that with the social media aspect of life, we give away a lot of this PII, whether or not you realize it or not, but on a minute by minute basis, if you scroll through Instagram or you scroll through Facebook or you scroll through whatever is the social media of the day, we are giving away tons of our PII information. Um, Anytime that you post a picture and you say where you are. A lot of times those pictures have geo-targeting in them uh, or caching in there that, that shows you exactly where you are. We were talking about the latitude and longitude of a tracker that I was doing for a presentation earlier. That information is actually stored in those pictures. And so you need to make sure that you there's, there's an option somewhere in these apps to turn that off so it doesn't automatically populate where you are. But that gives you information that can lead to information to other people that they can glean off of that to get you some sort of targeted information. It also alerts people to say, Hey, I'm not at home right now. So that's also another thing to think about. Um, in a future app, in a future podcast I was thinking about would be, uh, you know, social, social media, what you, what to share and what not to share. Um, and just kind of, and building profiles through social media is, is such an, when you think about it, it's such a new thing. It's been around for a while, but a lot of hacks and all that happened because we're getting information from social media. We're, we're sharing, we're oversharing. Um, and so the overshare makes for a deeper footprint. So just be aware of when you're putting stuff out there that a lot of this stuff doesn't go away unless you use some of these regulations that we talked about earlier, the right to forget and opting out and just kind of making sure that you are socially aware of where you are online and not just like in the world. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And uh, we'll, you know, um, we'll put some resources down below uh, if you guys want to read more on uh, these subjects. Uh, We will also be digging into these uh, a little bit later. you know, in our episode list. So tell us what you guys would like to hear if it's about GDPR or if you're in the U.S. and want to hear about U.S. national privacy uh, or data privacy, not national privacy. Um, you know, uh, feel free to let us know what you want to hear. If it's neither, cool. We will uh, under the next the topic. Focus. <laughs> yeah, go, yeah, go to something new. Um, but yeah, with that, you know, thank you again for listening to Ghost Stories with Franz and Pete. Um, yeah, we know we said this at the beginning, but we do truly appreciate everybody tuning in. Um, it's been a fun ride, and I can't believe that we are nearing 10 episodes. And like Pete said, we do have something special uh, once we do turn over to uh, the double digits there. Uh, but once we do, um, you know, you can expect uh, you know, a, little something a, a, from a, us. Nice, a nice little something. Um, yeah. And we look forward to uh, seeing you on the next episode. I'll be on vacation, so there might be a little bit of a, va- uh, a hiatus here um, for a week. But when we return for you, but as far true. as the podcasting world is oh, concerned, yeah, it will true. be business as usual. B A U to keep with the acronym. 
thing. Um, yeah. So, um, but yeah, we were thinking though, episode 10 will be the end of season one of ghost stories with Franz and Pete and give us an opportunity to kind of plan out season two. Um, so we can go into that planning phase and we'll get back at you real quick, but let's not talk about the end since we're so knee deep in the middle here. So, um, (laughs) but I would like to say thank you as well. And we hope everybody's being kind and respectful to everybody out there. Um, and for parents that have kids going back to school, um, with you and I wish you good luck and stay strong and, um, just everybody stay safe. And thanks again for listening. And we will talk to you on the next one. Catch you then. Bye. Bye.